Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? Episode 35, my goodness, and it's it's just amazing how much is going on these days. I have um, three episodes recorded at this time. Um, I am recording this on October 14th, and um, it was so hard to decide what to what to release because it's just so much cool stuff, uh, and I have uh, another recording coming up um, this Friday, uh, which is October uh, 16th, so yeah, just... I mean, some great episodes are going to be coming out, which I'm really excited about. Um, in this episode, I talked to Chad Blackman, Joseph Kocha, uh, Noah Edwards, and Chris Coker about their rim-to-rim-to-rim run in the Grand Canyon. Um, these guys uh, just wanted to go out for an adventure together. Uh, it was the furthest time on feet for a number of them. And, uh, you know, for, for one of the gentlemen, it was the furthest run he'd ever done, uh, distance wise as well. So, 
just fun to hear their perspective on it. You know, they weren't going for anything crazy. They just wanted to do it, which I think is awesome. Um, Trail Runner just uh, put out a, an article about uh, the slowest known time, you know, and just the, the joy of, of getting out there and doing these adventures, which I, you know, I myself, um, you know, as, as I've been describing on the podcast here, I have just been getting, you know, running again and just enjoying being able to run. Uh, and so what what my adventuring looks like right now is that, friends, athletes, you know, that, that are doing these big epic runs. I just try to hop in and, and, you know, pace if I can or crew, whatever it may be and, uh, and live kind of vicariously through their adventure. But in the, in the meantime, I'm getting to run some awesome miles. You know, it started with, uh, one of my, uh, my friends and athletes, uh, Michael Patton, um, you know, happy, happy belated birthday, buddy. Um, he, uh, he was doing the Georgia AT uh, the, he was going to go for the FKT on the AT, the Appalachian Trail, uh, section of Georgia. And, uh, I paced him to, to 19 miles out there. Um, you know, Michael unfortunately had some stomach issues and had to pull out, but, um, and then, uh, you know, funny enough the his first set of pacers was Ben and Allison, uh, Mercer who, uh, who just recently went for the, uh, unsupported FKT. And I have, uh, an episode recorded with them, which will be coming out, uh, most likely next week. Um, so, uh, you know, you can look forward to that. The, uh, amazing couple, uh, great people, great folks. So, uh, you can look forward to, to that podcast next week. Um, I really enjoyed my interview with them. They're, they're full of life and, uh, you can hear the, the fun in their voices. So, uh, thank them for, for coming on to record. Um, and then, um, last week I ran with, uh, another friend and athlete, uh, Kevin Ball. He did what we termed, uh, or he turned or whoever termed <laughs> Gritchell, which is grandfather mountain to Mount Mitchell. And it was around a hundred miles. Uh, he actually had to run around the parking lot a little bit. So his watch clicked over to a hundred, but, <laughs> um, it was fun. I ran the first 24 or 25 miles with Kevin and, uh, got to share in, in his journey, run on some trails that I'd never run on. Um, really enjoyed that. Um, this weekend, uh, coming up here, uh, you know, close friend, Joe Quinlan is going to be running, um, what we're terming Archel. <laughs> so, uh, you're going, uh, the art lobe to the mountains to see, and then all the way over to, to Mitchell. Uh, he's going for his first hundred miler. So I am again, going to meet him at his start and, uh, and probably run the first, tw- you know, 27 ish miles with him. Um, you know, so, I mean, you guys have probably seen on Strava, I'm, I'm all over the place with pacing. Uh, one of my guys and friends, Greg Little was attempting a sub three hour marathon. So, uh, the, the day after I ran uh, 25 miles with Kevin, I, I tried to pace Greg to his, uh, his, um, sub three, but he, uh, he had a hip flexor lock up and got through 22 on pace. Um, but, uh, I got to enjoy running, you know, 645 pace with him the day after I ran with Kevin. So I just really been having a good time with all these guys adventures and, and being a part of them. Um, and my friend David Workman and I went over to the Smokies. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, we, we did the vertical mile up, uh, the, uh, the bullhead trail. So just really cool stuff. Um, I'm really enjoying this, uh, just helping others and, and being a part of their adventures. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, fulfilling and, and definitely gratifying, um, makes me appreciate, uh, the sport so much more. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to doing more of this as, uh, as more people do fun stuff like this, whether it be at the crew or the pacer capacity, it's just, uh, it's great to be involved in, and, and sharing their enthusiasm. It's inspiring. And so, you know, I encourage you, you know, if, uh, if perhaps you're, uh, 
you're kind of like looking for adventure, see what your friends are up to. See if you can help them through some of their adventures, you know, whether it be uh, through just uh, going out and, and doing something new or um, crewing uh, for uh, um, an FKT. Uh, you know, races are, are, are happening as well. Um, and uh, so, you know, I, I, I just say, suggest to you, you know, see what you can do with your friends because um, this has been awesome. I, I truly have enjoyed this this part um, of running, you know, because I, I, I'm not racing. Um, you know, I've, I've signed up for a few races in 2021 um, and we'll, we'll see, you know, if they happen or not. Um, but, uh, you know, truly looking forward to uh, to what the, the fall, you know, holds. Um, my uh, 43rd birthday is coming up on October 19th. So um, a lot of people do uh, the, the mileage for their birthday. I am choosing to do vert. <laughs> I'm going to do uh, 4,300 feet of climbing um, on my birthday. So, uh, 4,300 feet of gain is, is my goal for, for Monday's run rather than, uh, 43 miles. Cause, um, you know, I just, uh, I'm doing enough running with, uh, with the pacing and stuff, enough time on my feet. So, uh, I chose to do some vert, something different. Um, so, um, new idea for me and, uh, looking forward to, to that. I'm going to get over on, uh, uh, Thompson Creek. For those that know it, there's a section of the trail that's, uh, you know, a thousand feet in one mile. I did repeats on it for uh, UTMB last year, uh, and just gonna go up and down and just enjoy it. You know, be in the woods for a little bit and uh, and you know celebrate forty three years of life, and uh, that's the way I'm gonna do it. So, um, you know, lots going on. Holy cow, lots going on. Um, I'm you know I'm uh, I'm really busy with coaching, which I'm so grateful for. Um, it's been wonderful. Um, you know, seeing all these people, uh, have their, have their races come to completion and, uh, you know, successes, even failures, you know, we, we learn from, um, uh, a huge congrats to Jennings Gary, who just, uh, finished her first 50 miler at the, uh, um, uh, pilot mountain to hanging rock 50 miler. She actually won the female division. Um, huge congratulations to her. Um, Jennings, uh, came to me with, um, a, a bit of a worrisome injury and we were just trying to train smartly so that she could, you know, get into the race and get it done. And, and she sure did, uh, very proud of her and her, and her effort. Um, you know, and, uh, Kevin, who I was describing earlier, who did Gritchell, that was his first hundred miler. So congrats to Kevin. Uh, really cool. So, you know, lots going on in our world. Um, I still have a few coaching spots remaining, uh, you know, and, um, if you if you're interested in having that conversation, please reach out to me. Uh, you can email me at runningpains at gmail dot com. Uh, you can follow my uh, my running on Strava. It's just Aaron Saft uh, MR Running Pains on Strava. Um, you know, I'm, I've been I've been posting a little bit more to uh, my Instagram account, which is MR Running Pains, uh, and uh, you know, just posting some of the the adventures and stuff that that have been going on, uh, as well as on the uh, MR Running Pains Coaching Facebook page. Uh, so. Uh, you can follow me there as well. Um, working on some new videos for sure on YouTube. Uh, there are some some new ones up there. The newsletter just came out, my October newsletter. Um, all my newsletters are archived on mrrunningpains.com, as are all of the podcast episodes. They're all um, archived on the mrrunningpains.com website. So you can check all those out. Um, and uh, certainly appreciate it uh, if, if you you know leave a review for the podcast, share it, whatever it may be. I really do appreciate all the support you guys have given me, and uh, you know we'll uh, we'll talk to you after our conversation with these great four gentlemen.
right. This is uh, the first time I've had a podcast with uh, uh, four other guests. Uh, so this <laughs> this could be a cluster. It could be pretty fun. <laughs> so I want to thank these gentlemen for uh, for joining me. I uh, will get into what's what's going on uh, in uh, in just a moment. But uh, let's take a moment and uh, introduce yourselves. Hi. Howdy, howdy. Uh, I'm Noah Edwards. I'm 20 years old. I'm a senior at UNC Wilmington this year, graduating with a, a degree in exercise science. Uh, I've been running uh, seriously for about eight months now, uh, thanks to this guy here. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, a couple of the distances I've run, I've done about 350Ks so far. Uh, and the latest adventure, we just did the rim to rim to rim at the Grand Canyon. So that's some of my big running feats, but yeah. All right. My name's Chad. Um, I'm 38. I've been running now for about uh, a little over four years. Um, basically, um, the furthest distance I've covered has been a little over 50 miles. Uh, longest time on my feet was uh, the rim to rim to rim. Um, and I met Noah at uh, church. Um, we go to church together and I met Chris and Joseph through just running groups and community um basically through the raleigh run group is where i, where I met chris and i met joseph through chris so um a bunch of great guys though i wouldn't have it any other no other ones come out there on the rim to rim rim with so it's great experience. thank you Hi, hello hello guys hello. my name is chris poker i'm 46 i'm the uh the old guy of the group <laughs> i've been running since 2015 I was uh, weighed about 240 pounds. I wanted to lose some weight, so I started lifting weights, eating cleaner, and just started running a couple miles. I, actually, I started out and only could run a half a mile without having to stop. And uh, just kept progressing. My brother-in-law got me into triathlons, went on a trail run one day, fell in love with trail running, and I knew that's where I wanted to be, and that's where my heart's at. I met Chad uh, back at Umstead last year. He was... He was pacing a buddy of ours. Come to find out, his older brother, I used to skateboard with him back 30, 35 years ago, maybe, something like that. And it's a small world. And uh, I met Noah through Chad and met Joseph at a, at a trail group run one day. There you go. All right. And uh, my name is Joseph Kocha. Um, let's see. I've been running seriously for about the last five years. Um, I'd ran in the past when I was much younger. Um, I took a break for about 10 years. I used to do a, a lot of road biking and uh, a lot of, I grew up in California on the edge of the Sierras. So I did a lot of hiking, um, sections of Pacific Crest Trail and, you know, run, hike, fast hiking. I guess more what we actually call ultra running now. So <laughs> nah. um, I just didn't call it running then because I thought if you walked, it didn't count. But, you know, yeah. So love that you can call power hiking running. So, <laughs> um, uh, see, I met these guys, um, actually, uh, Coker and I were, uh, I guess same thing as Umstead hundred. Um, I had volunteered as a pacer, um, out there before and was going to run it this, this year. And, uh, we were going to do, a, a a night run practice run the day we found out Umstead hundred was canceled. And I was sharing with him that, I, um, I'd been talking with my, uh, father-in-law about running the grand Canyon and, uh, he told me like, Hey, we might have an opening for that. So <laughs> that's how I got drawn into this. Um, previously to this, um, I really hadn't done any really long runs before this year. As I said, I'd, I'd planned on doing the hundred, 
Um, I guess my only real ultra I've officially run as far as runs, I, I ran a 40 miler back in February. Um, I've ran a lot of self-supported, um, 40 to 50 milers. And since I think I've ran about a dozen now this year. So, um, things have been weird this year, so, <laughs> but, uh, rim to rim was officially my longest time out on a single run. Um, I've done a few that were just a few miles farther, but a lot flatter. So cool. Awesome. Well, all of you welcome to the the podcast here. And, uh, uh, as, as we kind of talked about there, these guys all did the rim to rim to rim together. Um, and Joseph, you were kind of talking about how it, uh, how it got uh, formed and, who was the uh, initial instigator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe Noah's no or Chad is the one who put Chad. it. Chad, yeah, <laughs> so definitely and, Chad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, that's actually and I met Chad through Chris because of this, and uh, Chad and I've met up and done quite a few runs, and it's always good to meet a new friend that we've got a lot in common with besides just running, and you know it's been it's been really good getting to know these guys. Yeah, so back in February, I don't know, I just. I've been wanting to do the rim to rim to rim, and I was looking people to do it with. I had friends that had done it in the past, and I just I just thought it was a great accomplishment. I wasn't really concerned about trying to race it. I wasn't really concerned about fastest long times. I was just wanting to have fun and have an adventure with some great guys. And Noah was a young guy in my church who was very uh, influenceable, if that's a word. Uh, he was easy to influence. <laughs> I knew he had the strength to do it in the mental aptitude. So, you know, I said something to him one day, and he was like, man, I'd love to do that. And then just kind of progressed from there. I hit Coker up because I knew he would be interested in it. And then I guess Coker kind of uh, talked to Coacher, and uh, that's kind of how we all come together um, due to rim to rim to rim. That's cool. That is very cool. Um, so was you said the original plan was for February, is that right? No, that was when we originally kind of I casted the idea to everyone, and um, our original set date was October, so we did okay. do it on our, our original set date, okay? Um, so uh, tell us uh, a little bit about uh, Rim to Rim to Rim. I'm sure most people are familiar, but um, you know, talk about what it is where it is, all, all the good details. Joseph? Who wants to give us that? Go ahead, Tucker. All right. Well, Rim to Rim to Rim is in Grand Canyon, Arizona, in the National Park of Grand Canyon. And what we did, we started on the South Kaibab. I guess I pronounced it right. Rim, the South Rim, ran down into the canyon and then ran, ran through the box, looked down by the river in the canyon, Ran back up the north side, which is North Kaibab, up to the north rim. Turned around, came back down, and then went back up Bright Angel Trail, which is on the south side. And it's, uh, it all takes place in the Grand Canyon. What a beautiful place. Absolutely. So what's the, uh, what's the elevation change? It was uh, 10,000 gain and 10,000 loss. So what, 20,000? Yeah. It was about, yep. yeah, 10,500, I believe. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Over what distance? 46 miles is what my Coro said. Right on. And um, what was the what was the weather like when you guys did it? This was just um, last weekend, right? Am I thinking yeah. right? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so it, was, it was Sunday morning at 3 a.m. is when we started. 
And we knew immediately it was hotter than we thought it was going to be. Because it was like a kind of like a stagnant, warm air running down the south rim at 3 a.m. It was still and, cold up on the rim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of temperatures are we talking? It was 46, 46, 47 in the parking lot, but you could feel the 5 to 10 degree increase as soon as you dropped down into the rim. Yeah. It probably went up around 55 degree temp. So we noticeably felt the warmth as soon as we dropped down into the and what was the temperature like when you got down to the uh, the river? Uh, I would say another 10 degrees, uh, estimating uh, maybe around 65 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, then we continued on to uh, Cottonwood. Uh, we got Cottonwood maybe maybe an hour after sunrise. Uh, Coker, if that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. And it, you know, it was probably probably in the 70s by then. And then by the time we turn up uh, and went by Manzanita, which is another rest stop, and we started to ascend the north rim, the sun um, reached over the canyon and started to pierce us fiercely. <laughs> and the temperature continually to rise, um, where by midday we were over 100 degrees Fahrenheit uh, coming back down into. Manzanita, Cottonwood, and the box, which is the, uh, probably the hottest part of the, the whole run, literally. Um, so it was a hot day, very hot day. And, and just so anybody listening, we're recording this on October 11th, so they did this October 4th, just to give everybody perspective on the, the date. Um, so um, obviously it got really hot. Um, did the temperature swing again as you um, got towards the, the rim of the south? Yes. When we got to Bright Angel and the sun started going down, it, it cooled off quite a bit. And uh, it wasn't too bad then. But we were, we were beat up anyway, but the, the temperature was much better. Nice. Nice. Um, and, like, you know, we all hear about how many people are typically out trying to hike down and back up. So what was it like for you guys? I mean, you started at 3 a.m. So you're going down that South Rim. Um, did you come across a lot of people at that time in the morning? or? Um, to start off with, we had one guy that uh, come uh, from his car. He had parked on 64 East, which was about, uh, you know, maybe two-tenths of a mile walk into the trailhead. And um, he, he quickly... Uh, went out in front of us. We've seen other headlamps going down. Um, during the day, we've seen multiple, I would say we've probably seen 50 to 60 people total, whether they're rim-to-rim-to-rim runners, whether they're rim-to-rim-to-rim hikers, rim-to-rim hikers, campers who are backpacking and hiking to campsites and hiking back out. Um, I think our friend Joseph, he had a little bit of a different perspective. Um, part of the story was Joseph took the car to the Bright Angel uh, trailhead and ran the rim trail, leaving 20 minutes after us to catch us. So he had an additional five miles, which made his total day around 51 miles. But he seen more people and he joined more people because he had some hardware malfunctions with headlamps. So 
So he can tell you more about that. But throughout the day, we've seen a numerous amount of people uh, in all uh, you know aspects, whether it's hiking or running. And Joseph, you want to share what your take on that? Sure. Um, yeah, I can throw in, I guess, a little bit of the timeline of when I ran. Um, I dropped you guys off at uh, South Kaibab. It was about 10 till 3. Um, I guess you guys got started running just a few minutes after that at right about 3 o'clock. Um, I uh, drove over to the uh, Bright Angel Trailhead and uh, parked the car at the trailhead there as close as possible. Um, and then ran along the rim, uh, the rim trail, actually, that um, it's paved, so it's pretty easy to run in the dark. So I didn't use my headlamp, and uh, it was beautiful. Um, like I said, it was much cooler up there on the rim at uh, 3 in the morning. But uh, that was definitely an experience, too, because all the elk were calling to each other, and it was just like being in the middle of a herd of elk and just hearing them all. Um, that was, it was a really neat experience and a great start to the run. And also, you know, there's about, about 550 feet of elevation gain that I tracked um, coming along the rim up from the uh, Bright Angel heading, uh, I believe that's heading... <laughs> is that east or west i just went blank. east it's that's heading east. east yeah it's heading east on there over to uh um i keep flipping the map in my head now <laughs> but uh heading east and then dropping it on south kaibab um i remember i started south kaibab heading down uh about uh, about an hour later i think it was about uh 4 18 um and i i did uh on the first section down i got about five six minutes in my headlight shut off headlamp shut off right after I turned it on, turned it back on. It lasted about two more minutes and just shut off. And that was it. So I had to come down South Kaibab in the dark, which, uh, if you've been there, it's, uh, not the trail you want to do in the dark. It's not very forgiving. Um, it was back and forth. Yeah. I could get enough moonlight. I could see on one switchback and I hit the next and just be pitch black. And so I was just picking my way down carefully. Um, I was expecting to, you know, maybe make 10 minute mile pace down that and catch up with them easily. Cause I'm comfortable running fast down hills. I, I do practice that quite a bit, but, uh, I'd run down a section in the moonlight and then pick my way down like a step at a time. <laughs> uh, try not to slide and trip. And, uh, I, t- I did that for about an hour before I realized I had my cell phone in my pack and felt stupid. Uh, pulled that out and got moving again. Um, so, but by then I got, by the time I got to Phantom Ranch and left Phantom Ranch, um, the sun was starting to come up. Um, so then I actually uh, caught up with you guys. I got down to Phantom Ranch right at, um, let's see, I wrote some of this down. Um, <laughs> at, uh, I left Phantom Ranch at uh, 6.15 and I'd started down at 4.18. So it took me just under two hours to get down to Phantom Ranch, get water and leave Phantom Ranch. Um, so, and then started heading up the canyon towards you guys. I remember I caught you guys right about mile 22 for me. So you guys would have been about 17 miles in, I guess, at that point. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that sounds about Yeah, right. so you guys would have been about 17 miles in. Um, uh, I think Joseph met some guys along the way. We I did. Kind of teaming up with us. So there's plenty of people out there and plenty of, you know, if you want to do it alone, I mean, there was people that seemed like they were reaching out to join us at times because they were alone. And I, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely say I was, you know, when I had thought previously about doing it before I met with uh, Chris about it, I was considering doing it alone, but debating if that was a wise choice. But uh, compared to other runs I've done in the past, I actually felt safer at the Grand Canyon than I have most other places just because the, 
the ready, readily available, you know, help. There's the rangers there. There's the safety phones. You've got a lot of water. And I mean, lay down on the trail, somebody's going to pass you within an hour or two. Um, so it felt very safe. Um, didn't feel very risky to me. Um, felt very comfortable. So we've got a teachable moment here, Joseph. Uh, this is your, your time to shine, man. Let's, let's talk about the headlamp. <laughs> yeah. So my uh, extra one was sitting in the back of the, the car. Um, I uh, recently started using trekking poles and was trying to figure out how to get those on my pack. And uh, in the process of getting those lashed on there securely, I didn't put everything back in my pack, so, <laughs> which was consisted of my headlamp and my pretzels. So, <laughs> yeah, that uh, will not be a repeated mistake. So I can promise good, that. Good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hopefully you'll have a backup battery or backup batteries next time, too. Yeah. Uh, talk guys uh, a little bit about the trail, uh, Chris, maybe you want to describe the, the trail itself. Like, you know, how wide is it? You know, what's the footing like, um, you know, does it change as you, uh, you know, go down the South side and, you know, up the North side, what's, what's it like? For us? Well, the South side, we obviously ran it down the hill and, uh, had these big ruts in the middle, I'm guessing from the mules. So it was probably four or six inches deep, like the little puddles without the water. You can imagine that they had those to step in and then they had step downs, which were spaced really weird to run on. So the spacing was not, not very compatible with running. So you had to short step it or long step it, you know, a little strange down at the bottom was just like running any kind of buff trail around. It wasn't too bad. And then you go back up the North side. It was uh, about the same as South as the South. It was a little, little weird stepping and everything but a lot of the areas three feet over to your right or your left depending on which way you were going there's a sheer a sheer drop down to your death so that that was definitely a factor in the trails did you guys add anything so, to that um, uh, well i know it was it seemed a lot seemed real dusty there's a lot of dust especially coming down the south rim and up the north rim and then also, we went back Bright Angel instead of South Kaibab. And Bright Angel, uh, about two miles of that, or a mile and a half, is along the river. And you're running on, like, beach sand, uh, basically like a, like a beach. And um, that, that's, that's kind of challenging when you've got, uh, you know, uh, trail shoes on and you're running in beach sand. Um, I wore gaiters, which I think was a really lifesaver as far as getting sand down in my shoe or getting rocks down in my shoe. Uh, I had longer socks on than trail shoes with uh, gators. Uh, the other guys, I think, all had trail shoes on. When yeah, you were the only smart one with gators. <laughs> I was glad I had them, to be honest with you. I, I like oh, yeah. Them, but. The rest of you that didn't, would you advise it? Yeah, I'd say wear gaiters because I had to pull my shoes off and dump them many times throughout the day. Just, just a lot of sand and a lot of dust. It just kind of piled up. What about right you, know? So, unlike Chad, I wore the shortest socks I possibly could find because that's what I feel comfortable running in. Uh, yeah, I never had. I never had to take my shoes off one time. Like, I, I must. I mean, yeah, I must have just gotten lucky with uh, my pathing. I just, man, I was just chilling. My feet felt good. You know, nothing got in. So I guess to each is their own, but best safe inside, I would say. Yeah. 
and I did I did get sand in my shoes, but it was in my toes. The that Arizona dust is really fine. Um, if anybody's been there, it uh, just goes right through the the vents and stuff in the shoes and into your socks. I didn't have to change socks, but we were stopped and I had them, so I figured why not? Yeah. Did anybody have any feet problems because of the sand? None. No. No. Good. No. Good. 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 Um, so in planning for this, uh, when you guys were trying to get this trip together, did you guys have any um, resources that you used? I would say the biggest one is the Facebook group, uh, Grand Canyon Rim to Rim to Rim. It was like a, I guess, private group, maybe public. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, we were on that, and that was very helpful. Nice. Uh, that guy, Chris, did you get to meet him uh, at Hullabaloo? No. Uh-uh. He's the creator of that group. He lives um, in the next town over from me now. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Oh, cool. Yeah, they moved here to Western North Carolina. Um, well, tell him thanks for creating that group because it was yeah. really, it kind of put us at the canyon without being there. And I, you know, I watch YouTube videos of people doing it. So I had a feel for what the trails look like. And then just reading everybody's own adventures kind of kept you kind of motivated throughout your training process and throughout the months coming up to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, this was probably, this was your longest distance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so before the 40, before the rim to rim to rim, uh, most I've ever done was 31 miles. Uh, that was, yeah. So 46 was quite the leap. Uh, but I, I, that's how, uh, I want to advise, but that's how a lot of my training has been. So uh, I ran, you know, when I first started training running back in February, I uh, I think I ran my first half marathon maybe two months after that. And then the next big run was I immediately went to a marathon. And after my first marathon, I ran a 50K. So I've never really done the in-between. So I'm used to like that big jump in distance. Uh but man, I felt them. I felt them extra fifteen miles uh, <laughs> going up, right, Angel. Like you could, you could tell my body did not know what the heck was happening to it. But couch to rim, to rim to rim. That's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now Noah has a lot of things that the other four guys on here does it, and that's his age <laughs> going for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody right. else is at least twenty years older than Noah. So I have I have age, and uh, I have spent a significant amount of time in the gym building up, especially my leg muscles. Uh, I would say, like my lower body has always been pretty dang strong uh, and so applying that to the hiking and the trail running just kind of it, it, it's it went over easier than some others might have it you know yep so uh, you guys all live in the kind of raleigh area what were some of the things you guys did to help prepare yourselves for this you know this uh this adventure you had so much up down and you know being in raleigh what, what did you guys do well, I, Joseph, I, did a, I did a lot of runs at uh, Umstead, mm-hmm. and my coach, Mr. Aaron Zaft, had me do uh, a lot of uphill intervals, you know, strides uphill. And I spent most most of my runs are on the trail, personally. And your weight training, too. Don't forget about your weight training. Yes, yes. <laughs> sorry. sorry, yes. The, the speed legs and the core exercise and the planks. All that stuff was really great. It helped a whole lot. 
How about you, Joseph? Um, yeah, same. A lot of hills, a lot of hill repeats. Um, I have Raven Rock State Park is pretty close to me, and that's a pretty pretty technical trails and some really steep sections. So you can get some good repeats in on that. Um, I've just been, you know, like I said, this whole year, I've been trying to just kind of keep my mileage up, doing more easy, but then working in some really hard hill repeats or, you know, just intervals on the road. Um, trying to work that in, trying to train smarter because I can't, like I've been, I was previously going in a cycle of doing well and getting injured, doing well and getting injured. So I've been really trying to plan and do my runs, but I've been trying to consistently keep about 55 miles a week with, but focusing a lot on making sure I get enough vert every week, which has been averaging about 8,000 feet of vert a week and 55 miles for the last uh, 12 to 14 weeks before we did the Grand Canyon. So, nice. Do you still bike um, any? I do, but not as much. Um, I just, my bike's in bad shape. And I was, again, planning on doing a couple, a double century in September that got canceled due to all the COVID situations. So once I found that it was canceled, uh, I hung the bike up on the wall and hit the trails. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, um, I had, you know, some younger kids who've been started biking and that, that got in a lot of my uh, interval runs too, is trying to chase them on the bike. My daughter wants me to keep a hand on her shoulder, but she wants to ride fast. So found out that I still can do five minute mile inter pace intervals for short periods of time. She makes me <laughs> do it. So, <laughs> Dad, you got anything to add? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> basically back in March when COVID hit, um, I started working from home. So this was an advantage for me. Um, as far as training goes, you know, I wasn't worn out from the day I commute to work. I wasn't having to sit in an office, deal with people all day, every day. So I was able to train a lot of, uh, I would say, tempo runs, threshold runs. I don't have a lot of trails where I live. A lot of it was roads. Uh, I was doing very well in my training session. I had uh, a 50-miler out at, uh, it was called the Boogie, Moonlight Boogie. You might be familiar with it. Uh, I did very well there. It was very hot. Um, it was, you know, some vert, probably about 4,000 feet and 50 miles. Um then I also was doing some trail runs with Joseph out at Raven Rock. It's about 40 miles from me, uh, doing some uh, a lot of bird out there with him. Um, then in uh, August, uh, late August, I was doing a trail run on uh, Grandfather Mountain. It's called Grandfather 25K, uh, put on. Um, uh, and Chris was there, and uh, seven miles in, I broke my toe. So uh, I finished the race. Um, and I did well. I felt good, but it was kind of six weeks from the day we launched for rim to rim to rim. So I was sitting here with a broke toe and it wasn't a, it wasn't one of the middle toes. It was a pinky toe and you kind of flex on those. So every time I would push off a run, it would hurt. So then I started transitioning in the last four weeks. I was doing a lot of biking. Uh, I got a fat power bike. I would go out, you know, do 20 miles around town. I would do some um, uh, gym, uh, stationary bike. And then I started doing um, a stair mill. If you know what I'm talking about with a stair mill, I'd go to the stair mill, do a lot of hiking. So my training wasn't where I really wanted it to be. But going back, I kind of in my mind, I seen this as an adventure, not really as something that. I had to finish it in this amount of time. It was more of, I'm going to go have fun and I'm going to go experience the Grand Canyon and all its glory from rim to rim to rim. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the day itself. Um, you guys said you started at uh, 3 a.m. Uh, how'd you decide on that start time? Basically, the guys that had done it before us that we were familiar with, that was about their start time. It was around 2 to 3 a.m., and we felt like that would give us better as far as the heat goes. But if you ask the guys here, or we even discussed it afterwards, we would even think about starting even earlier if we had it to go over again, just because of the heat. Just because yeah. of the heat. Yeah. Gotcha. So you yeah, said we, you had um, – go ahead, Chris. I was going to say, so we finished around 10.30ish, maybe somewhere around there at night, and there was people in the parking lot at Bright Angels starting their run then. So you can't start too early trying to beat that heat, I don't think. How did the heat feel to you guys? I mean, you, we've had a hot summer. I mean, you guys obviously had hotter summer than I did, but like, did you guys feel, um, I know it's, it's different cause you know, we have the humidity, but how was it for you guys? Did it feel oppressive or, you know, was it mildly okay? <laughs> it was, to me, it was totally different. The sun felt like it actually would scorch you having any exposed skin to the sun. And then it was so dry that your nose was full of bloody, bloody boogers. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And you take, and you breathe through your mouth and your mouth will just instantly get cotton mouth dry. It was definitely different than North Carolina humidity for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, um, that said, um, you know, water obviously is, is a big thing. Um, how did you guys plan for that? So our plan was, me and Coker had talked, and we talked with the other guys, but our plan was to carry, all, I had two, uh, I think, what are they, 17-ounce hydropack bottles in the front, okay. and then I had, a, I think it was a 1.8-liter um, hydropack, um, you know, uh, bladder, and um, the plan was to try to stop, we'd already looked at the the waypoints that we were going to stop and refill, no matter what, we were going to refill at those points. And, and we did follow that. Now, Chris, he can kind of add in what happened uh, when we got to Phantom Ranch. You want to go ahead and tell them what happened as far as your water yeah. source or water bottle yeah. and all that? So to start of the run, we hit Phantom Ranch in the morning in the dark. And uh, we got up to the water spigot, and I pulled one of my bottles out of the vest and the little strap that holds the straw in. It caught on the nipple of my bottle, popped it off, and it goes flying in the dark into the abyss. So that rendered the bottle useless. <laughs> so I was down to one bottle and a bladder with no straw in the back. So that changed things a little bit. So for me to able, be able to drink my energy drink, which is Roctane, I had to stop pretty much every hour to refill the powder and get the bladder out of the pack and refill the bottle. So that was definitely a hurdle I had to jump throughout the day gotcha what was it like coming down south Cabal? was it um was there any water did you need water or was it dry until phantom or we didn't did you need, need yeah we didn't need any water till phantom we uh passed the bright angel camp which had the first water stop and i think it was a half a mile more to the phantom so we phantom ranch and we went to phantom ranch and refilled there and yeah we were pretty good on water until we got to phantom ranch still had plenty but like he's like Chad said, we wanted to refill it every chance we could just in case. Yeah. Okay. And then what was it like going up uh, the north? 
Um, is there you know, water opportunities or no? Uh, we we filled at Cottonwood, which is where we saw the rattlesnake. I don't know if I told you about that. We saw a rattlesnake right behind us at the water spigot, just sitting in a shrubbery about 18 inches high, curled up. I'm assuming he's waiting on a bird to eat breakfast on, but uh, this guy's like, hey, look, there's a rattlesnake right behind you. <laughs> oh, gosh. And sure enough, he was curled up right behind us. A couple steps back further, he'd have got us. So anyway, we refilled there and headed up. Headed up North Rim, North Kabab, and we passed Manzanita. I don't think we refilled at Manzanita. And uh, sure enough, we made a, we made a mistake there because the next three, two or three water stops was not working. No water. So by the time we got to the top of North Rim, I think all of us were out of, wa- out of water and low on calories, and the sun was just brutally beating on us. So it was a tough little hike up North Rim. Gotcha. Was there water at the top of the North Rim? Yes. Oh, yeah. In all its glory. Okay. Yes. Good. <laughs> yeah. That, little si- little side note is that the water spigots down along the canyon taste like pool water. So uh, if you're not adding anything to it, it tastes like you're getting warm pool water. Uh, yeah, at the top of the North Rim, it's like fresh, fresh cold spring water. It's nothing like the rest of it. <laughs> Did you guys filter it or iodine tablets or anything or? It's, no. it's treated. It's yeah, it's true. Well, uh, yeah, but like the that North Rim was it? You know, was that treated as well or no? Yes, it was okay. Gotcha. Right on. Very. I cool. think. Um, I think we and then coming back, everything. No, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think we all brought Sawyer straws and uh, pouches and everything, but we ended up not using them at all. We just relied on the water that was there at the canyon. Okay. Uh, and everything was good on the trip back. You guys didn't run out of water or anything. <laughs> Maybe. No, we just kind of, we just kind of keep the water down, Cody Joseph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, I, I broke two two major rules. One, always make sure your gear's you know good and bring a backup of things important things like headlamps. And two, don't try anything new. It wasn't a race, <laughs> but Grand Canyon is not the place to try something that might make you sick. So. <laughs> What did you try that with new? Well, uh, some of the spring energy gels. I uh, tried one that had an electrolyte one, and uh, I have a severe allergy to ginger, believe it or not. So something that should settle your stomach uh, causes severe, uh, my, act like it's food poisoning. It's kind of a, it's a genetic thing. Um, but uh, I must have thrown up over 20 times, couldn't keep water down. I mean, it was coming out my nose, and it felt like it was coming out my eyes as well. Um, oh. I couldn't get out of my own way throwing up. So for the last... Uh, three three and a half miles up the rim um that ironically ended up being one of my best parts of the trip though in its own way so i'll tell you guys about that a little bit later but uh <laughs> but it just it hit me like severe food poisoning and uh one thing we hadn't discussed is uh, one of the i discussed with the guys as i was debating at the start starting behind them trying to run and go past i was debating doing uh, uh, trying to do a 100k run in the canyon um between the headlamp issue and trying to finish in the dark without a headlamp i decided against that and just uh you know, slower start than I had expected. Um, but uh, part of the reason I wanted to do that was a, a chance to push myself and see how it would feel to finish on a really tough hill with completely drained. And I got that experience without having to do the distance. <laughs> <laughs> throw up for a few hours and don't keep anything down. And it gets a lot tougher. So <laughs> You said that was about the last three and a half miles? That was, yeah, it's about the last three and a half. How did everybody else fare? Um, everybody else stomachs stay with you? Um 
I, I did I did well up until probably the last three miles. Um, and I have to I have to reiterate. I mean, people can tell you all they want, but when you you gotta you gotta actually do what they tell you. People say eat little bits of a time, keep eating, keep eating, keep hydrating. Hydrating wasn't my issue. I think in the last three hours, you get to a point where you're just so tired, and you're so sick of eating the stuff you've been eating all day long. You just, I just quit eating, you know, and, and that really got me. I think my blood sugar dropped. Uh, there was one time where I was stumbling and fell all on poker and, <laughs> and I was like a drunk man, but I, I sit down, I ate probably about 500 calories, got myself together and just kept trudging it up the hill. And we finally made it, and I did well up until we got there, and I'm sitting on the steps behind the souvenir shop, and it just hit me. I'm on the phone with my wife, and I just start vomiting and dry heaving. And she's, she's you know, oh, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> but it was an experience that I wouldn't take back. But stay on top of your hydration. Stay on top of your calories. And – be prepared and don't try anything new like Joseph said. That's what I had to add to nutrition and the, the hydration part. How about you know anything? Uh yeah, kind of, kind of like with Joseph and Chad, the uh it really like I felt pretty dang good until the last seven miles. Uh and I, I definitely fell behind at that point. And so I ran the rest of it by myself ran in quotation marks because uh, I think I finished about two hours after them. Uh, I don't, I don't know what the heck happened to my body in the last seven miles, but uh, I, uh, man, I met my maker. Let me tell you what I really thought I was going through. Uh, I, every, every bit of water I drank, I felt like I was going to throw it up. Every food packet I ate felt like I was going to throw it up. Uh I couldn't make coherent sentences to the people that walked past me. Uh, like people would say, Hey, how you doing? And I, I, and I would just start stuttering and uh, sounding like a complete uh, lunatic. Uh, and then man, like you, you spend like, man, then the night hit and you're, so you spend about four hours walking up a mountain by yourself in the dark. And uh, it gets to be some of the loneliest stuff you've, you do, man. And it's just like, man, I'm ready for a Wendy's four for four. <laughs> like, uh, but uh, nah, it was it kind of, I don't know. I, I believe I needed electrolytes and that was my problem is I, I definitely underestimated how much salt I lost towards the end. Cause, Oh, I, I was cramping. I think I began cramping about mile 19 of 46. And so that continued and man, it, it really hit the last seven miles. So definitely be ready to lose salt, uh, especially when you're in the 100-degree heat like we were. But that's all I have to add. Right on. Yeah, anything else, Coke? He did yeah. the best out of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my load time was actually on the other side of the canyon. My load time was at the north, try, trying to go up to the north rim. In the heat, mm-hmm. my calories got low. I was low on, on calories. I just – just slugging along up that hill out of water. So we got to the top of the North Rim and uh, drunk probably about 40 ounces of water, 700 calories of food. And then this trail angel came by. It was a dad of one of the guys out doing the R3. And he all gave us a nice cold uh, Powerade, I think it was. 
and that was glorious. But after that, I felt better. But once, like I said, I was the opposite of the other guys. Climbing Black Bright Angel, that was the best I felt all day. I switched to caffeine. I went to a Roxane caffeine and Huma with caffeine and threw in some uh, 90s hip-hop on my phone. I was good to go, man. I felt great. That's probably the highlight of my day was uh, climbing Bright Angel. Yep. He did. He did very good, Aaron. You did a good job coaching him because I told him I, I was a little scared about mile, mile and a half. Uh, I told him, I said, Chris, I said, just keep looking back, buddy. Make sure I'm here because <laughs> right now I'm not doing too well. I said, just I don't. If you need to go ahead, that's fine, but just turn back and make sure I'm still behind you. And he was like, and I would, right. so he, he took care of me. So I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah, I turn around and just make sure I saw that headlight, and if I did, I'd keep going. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joseph, you said you you caught them when you got down to Phantom Ranch. Uh, did you guys stay together for the the North? Um, I actually went ahead and ran up uh, ahead. Um, actually, from Cottonwood to Phantom Ranch, I ran ahead thinking that Phantom Ranch, everybody's talking about cold lemonade and something cold to drink. So I thought, hey, you know, I, the heat wasn't bothering me. I felt great. So I ran ahead, got into Phantom Ranch at 4.07. And for anybody who wants to know, they close at 4. And uh, they let me know that there's uh, lukewarm tap water over there. You can have that. And other than that, that's all you get. So <laughs> I waited. I waited there for about 50 minutes. And I think that was actually where I started to hit my low point. I was irritated. I was like, I was ready to just go then. I was like, I'm going to get something to drink down, you know, where there's some, something real. And uh, I waited for you guys for a little while. Um, and so I guess I waited at Phantom Ranch about about 50 minutes, I think. Um, and then it took off. Noah actually came with me. We started heading up. And then uh, um, I actually went ahead for a while. And then that's when I started having my issues. And uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, spending almost an hour at the three-mile rest house drinking water and promptly having to come right back up. I must've done that with about three or four liters of water, just trying to not dry heave. I mean, it was pretty rough. Um, but I kind of decided, made the decision to stop moving cause I was feeling so dizzy. I was afraid I was going to kind of, well, actually kind of made the decision for me cause I was leaning off the edge of the trail to throw up in the dark, you know, knowing I could see the trail, but I couldn't see what was off the edge. And a couple of times when I threw up off the edge of the trail, I could hear the long delay before it hit the side thinking I'm leaning over the edge to throw up off the edge of a cliff <laughs> and I'm dizzy and nauseous. This may not be the best idea. So, <laughs> so I stopped there and, uh, I could see their lights down, uh, Coker and, uh, and Chad coming up. So I decided to wait for them, uh, and follow them and their, with their lights. And, uh, it felt like a while, but I was actually looking back at my Garmin data and it was about, it felt like it was hours, but it was about 40 minutes, I guess, till you guys caught up. Um, and then, uh, I tried to keep them for a few minutes, started feeling really dizzy again. I still, the nausea hadn't passed, um, from the, I said, it was kind of like food poisoning symptoms. So I knew it would pass with time. I, you know, dealt with that before. Um, and, uh, Chris was very kind to, uh, give me his extra headlamp since he had his waist light. And so then I felt perfectly fine to just wait it out. And I knew Noah was coming up. So I actually laid down the middle of the trail and took a nap stared up you could the milky way was beautiful looking up at the at the stars i mean and that to be honest was one of the most enjoyable parts about that trip it was like i could be waiting on the rim where everybody else has seen it or i could be down here in the canyon watching the moon rise come up and it was an amazing experience just to be in dead silence and experience the canyon like that um that's awesome so um let, let's just touch on gear for a little bit um 
we've already said that you guys each carried probably like a Sawyer filter. Um, mm -hmm. You had mentioned poles. Um, and was there anything else that you guys brought with you uh, that, you know, you typically wouldn't bring for a, a long run or, or even a race? Um, I had a safety blanket, one of those little lightweight safety blankets, but uh, mm -hmm. I had to leave it behind. Um, and I think that was okay. Uh, I did carry a lightweight wind kind of windbreaker just in case I got cold um, towards the end of my run because some of the other guys that had done it before, they said they got waiting on the other guys. If you have to wait for some to make it out, you get a little chilly sitting up on the rim. But uh, besides that, I don't think there's anything else. Yeah. Right on. Um. Was there anything? Uh, well, Joseph, obviously you, you needed a headlamp, but <laughs> and needed another bottle. But anything else that you could think of that you were like, man, I wish I had that. Salty foods. Yeah, I, I wish I had brought more salty foods. I got really tired of the, the sweet taste of the gels and the Oreo cookies and the Roctane. I wish I had more salty foods. I went through a little little pack of Pringles that I had pretty quick, and I was craving them all day for the rest of the day. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Always have like that kind of flavor wheel where you can have your, your sweet, savory and salty, uh, that we can have a go-to depending on what your body needed. Um, did any of you guys use salt tabs? I did. I, I, give, yeah, he gave me some. I give, I give Noah some I had taken, but because I was using tailwind, I started off with some Roctane that I got from Chris on the first two bottles. Then I used tailwind throughout the rest of my run, except for maybe the last uh, three or four hours. I just was pretty much straight water. Um, but yeah, Noah, Noah used some salt tabs that I had. And I was running Roctane uh, goo that I, I put it in the flask and use it that way. I, I feel like it's easier for me to you know remember to get it every 20 minutes, just a small amount. Uh, and then water at the stops. Um, and I did really well on that, actually, until I um, I still had more in the back of my pack. And if I would have just stuck with that, I probably would have been okay. Um, but uh, that was what I used. Right on. Um, so, um, you know, Joseph, you said you had your phone. Did your cell phone service work? I had it. I kept it on airplane mode so that it wouldn't kill the battery because it was draining the battery really quickly, and I I needed it for emergency backup for the flashlight, and I knew I'd need to get a hold of people at the top. But uh, experience before when we were out there the day before, I don't think it would have worked down in the canyon. Did any of you guys have like a Garmin inReach or anything like that? No, we no. thought <laughs> we thought about carrying one, but uh, we ended up not doing it. And like Joseph said earlier, there were so many people. I don't know if you'd really need it. On, on that trail but uh probably a good idea though <laughs> <laughs> there were emergency phones uh, fairly accessible um every five to six miles along the trail so if you were to have an, an actual emergency i don't yeah. think it would be too hard to get help yeah cool it it sounds like you guys were were all there for one another um when you had the the low moments you waited for the other, you know, to, to kind of come along and make sure and check on each other. So, um, sounds like that was a, a good plan on, on all your parts. Um, you know, was there any time where, uh, one of you are just like, just go on without me. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> or were you, were you all like, we'll, we'll get back up there. 
there was no way I wasn't going to make it out of there. Now, don't get me wrong. There was times when I felt like quitting. But as long as I saw Coker up there, I was like, all right, I'm going to finish up there with Coker. I'm not going to stop. But now, you know, who knows if I was by myself like Noah. Now, I might would have just laid down for a while and said, well, I'll get up there when I get up there. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Uh, And then let's see. Um, so you talked about the rattlesnake. Were there any other real dangers? Uh, you know, obviously there's the heat, but like uh, animal dangers. Any, anything else that you found? Uh, yeah, we saw a, a ram and some big horned sheep and <laughs> close to the end of the of the run. <laughs> so we turned yeah. the corner, turned the corner on one of the switchbacks, and it was like, "Whoa, what is that?" And it was sure enough, it was a ram sitting right in the middle of the trail. So of course, I take out my phone and start taking pictures. And uh, Chad's like, whoa, dude, don't get too close. And it just hit me off. The like, this, guy, this guy could ram me off the side of the cliff if I'm not careful. <laughs> and sure enough, yeah, he went, they went down the hill, straight down the, down the side of it, yeah. which is pretty impressive. And, uh, and right. they let us pass. But, yeah, it was a, it was a little scary, man, because that dude could have easily turned and just knocked me off the trail. <laughs> yeah. And when I was coming back up about 20 minutes behind you guys, that same spot, he had made his way back onto the trail and he was a little more unhappy, I think at that point, thanks to you guys. And he <laughs> lowered his head and crouched down and it, it okay. kind of scared me for a minute. Cause I thought he was getting ready to charge. <laughs> no, yeah. Awesome experience though. <laughs> right on. Um, did you witness any rescues? Was there anybody that had to get rescued out? Not that we probably witnessed every, or saw. Everyone that did the North Rim at the time we did it, they probably felt like being rescued. <laughs> 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 that climb up the North, man, every chance you saw shade, if it was a little corner, just a little smidgen of shade, we would stop and sit in in a minute. So that tells you how brutal it was. But no, we didn't see yeah, anybody yeah. need, need, need yeah, to be rescued. I think at, you know? at one point, I have, I have it on video of uh, Chris and Chad threatening to stab me and throw me off the edge when I... Uh, said what the distance was yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah don't ask nobody how far it is to here or there because you'll get five different answers from the five different people so. it's never a good yeah. idea and don't, don't trust your watch don't trust yeah. your watch because it'll lie to you so yeah. what did you guys do to uh to help with all that sun uh lots of sunblock did you wear like long sleeves like what'd you do mm-hmm. I basically I had on a Solomon I had on a basically a long sleeve I think it was UPF thirty and then I had um, basically zinc oxide that I put all over my face and ears and legs and uh, Coker had some protection too. Yeah, I bought a uh, outdoor research called Echo hoodie. I think it's a sun shirt. Very happy with it. Definitely recommend it. Mm-hmm. I wore the hoodie the whole time. It was sunny and never felt hot from it. It was very light and airy, and it, it blocked the sun off of me. Definitely recommend that shirt. Nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, being a, a fair skin, when I went out for, for Death Valley, I had like every inch of me <laughs> covered <laughs> up so that I was going to burn. So uh, good deal. Um, let's see. Uh, so, all right, we'll go, we'll go to each of you here. Um, tell me, what was your favorite moment? Um, you want to start us off, Joseph? What's your favorite moment? Uh, that's kind of hard to pick one, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, lo- I enjoyed the run, 
and to be honest, even though we were out there for such a long time, I think uh, I believe total time out there was just over 18 hours. Um, it felt like one of the shorter runs I've done for a long run. Um, I just recently, for my 40th birthday, did a 40-mile run. It was just a little over seven hours of total time out there, and yet it fa- felt like it was five times longer than the canyon. So <laughs> kind of, you know, the, the views were, were just amazing. I mean, I remember, you know, stopping. I'm looking back. I did with my cell phone, did some little quick videos of just where I was at and what time it was, and I remember catching myself like, not here six hours you know it just feels like i just started and it was just so enjoyable being out there um it just felt kind of unreal you know the experience and uh it was very very enjoyable um i think some of the views though coming up north kaibab uh where you're really up the sharp part of the canyon up there it's it's beautiful i mean it's just it's kind of to me that's really the best experience of the canyon and then of course i mean laying there in the dark. I mean, there's just something about being alone in the Canyon away from everybody. Um, and just staring up at the sky and just feeling how big the Canyon is and hearing all the animal noises. And, uh, to me, that was when the Canyon kind of came alive, you know, you could really experience just being in the middle of nowhere and that feeling. So, and, and to me, that really was the, the, the high point for me of just that everything can go completely wrong on a run. Um, that's what I love about trail running and being out in these things is that, your worst day is still amazing. It's better than your best day at work, you know? So. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Yeah, man. I'm kind of the same with Joseph. Climbing the North Kabayab, even though that was my lowest point of the day, man, there's some great views on that. And just, just the sheer drops down beside you. I mean, just one hop to the right and you're, you're done. And it's straight down. And then all the earthy colors, the yellows, the reds, greens, browns, man, it's not like nothing else I've ever seen before. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's a tough one. Between that one and then climbing Bright Angel in the dark with a clear view of the Milky Way and the sunrise, uh, excuse me, the moon rising, those two things were by far my favorite. Climbing the North Kabab and uh, climbing Bright Angel in the dark. Nice. Did you guys have a full moon? Yes, the moon, the full moon was on Saturday or Friday, and we went in on Sunday. Yeah. So it's still pretty bright. Nice. Right. But uh, how about you, Chad? What was your favorite moment? Um, I'm probably polar opposite of Joseph. Uh, my favorite moment was when the sun was, you know, embracing the canyon walls. When I saw the sun coming up, because for that first couple of hours, three hours, it was dark. We really couldn't see what we were experiencing. But once the sun peeked over those canyon walls and it started illuminating things, it was just so beautiful. I think that was one of my favorite moments. And um, second favorite is probably like everybody else said so far would be the North Rim. There's some beautiful views there. So, uh, going with everyone about the north rim and how much it changes compared to the south rim and just how green it is and how lush it is and you would look over uh i'm going to butcher the name but it's like coconut outlook overlook anyway it's just an overhang you just see everything that you just uh you just climbed the past few miles it's gorgeous uh but I also, like Joseph, on my way back up uh, Pride Angel, I took about three 10-minute naps in the trail, and you just turn off your lamp, and you look up at the Milky Way. And you, like, you you don't see nothing like that out here in North Carolina. I, at least I have, even in the middle of the woods, is just, oh, it's gorgeous. 
But uh, without a doubt, my favorite part, uh, <laughs> my favorite part uh, was was finishing the run. Uh, and I know, I know, I know that sounds obvious, but uh, <laughs> for me, like the reason I run is so I can accomplish really dumb distances. What people would say, "Wow, that sounds impossible." But like I, I genuinely am addicted to the challenge of finding something I've never done before and finishing it. So like the amount of serotonin and dopamine that just hit my brain when I hug Chag at the car of like, ah, oh, I did it. And like, oh, it was like, it just, that's, it gets me addicted to running even more. So like I can go into the 50 mile, I can do a hundred mile. Like I just want to keep going and going and going. So it was, it was definitely, yeah, but it was a lot of good moments though. That's awesome. I saw some uh, some pictures of the uh, the day after. So, uh, how the uh, how the day after feel, fellas? <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. So we decided uh, some friends uh, some friends that went before us. They went to Red Rock State Park uh, there south of Sedona uh, the day after. So I was like, Hey, why don't we go out there and stretch our legs? Right. So stretching our legs in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, maybe a mile, a little easy around the Creek or river. Uh, Joseph, he always, he's, I don't know. I don't know why he's always in the lead, but he makes decisions and then everybody else is going, uh, I don't Got think it. we should have done that. I keep yeah. telling him, I'm just following. So we go three miles up on Red Rock, and we do basically a three mile hike and, and run. And Joseph, of course, he leaves us. So then we're all sitting there to our own demise. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll yeah. have get blue jeans with no water. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, we're hardcore. We're hardcore, Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, we dressed for 40 degrees and went out on a 95-degree hike. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so you guys have – you really have given some some great contributions. So if anybody else was was looking to do this, uh, you've given them some great ideas. But any other kind of uh, last things you want to touch on, maybe things we didn't talk about or, uh, you know, any advice you want to give? I think what Coker said in a, in a post he, he had – he said, basically, if you're thinking about it, don't hesitate. Do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for, for us, it was all a dream. But once you put it in your mind, it's just like anything. You put it put it here and and work hard at it, and you can accomplish it. And that's that's what the proof is here in all of us. We've all accomplished something that's, that's a great accomplishment. So uh, if you're thinking about it, don't hesitate. Start planning. Find people to do it with. Nice. Anybody else? Uh, yeah, to add on, like just from my experience with lower training. <laughs> what were you say? Uh, no? Yeah, bring more, yeah, definitely bring more salty foods, but uh, definitely, definitely train for that vertical gain. Because uh, before the rim to rim to rim, I'd only ever done a one of a trail run. Because beforehand, I've only ran on asphalt, only ran on road. And, like, if you know Wilmington, North Carolina, you know you're not getting a lot of hills at all. And so uh, I've only, you know, I just for me, I, I I knew I definitely wasn't trained well enough in those major hikes where, you know, you're going up north, you're going up south, you're going up Friday, 
I mean, BA, it's just, you know, it's, you can never not train enough for a run like this, you know? So. Nice. Well, gentlemen, it's fun getting to hear your stories. Um, if you, uh, if you want to leave everybody with, uh, how they can reach out, if they have questions, uh, by all means, and if you don't, that's okay too. Um, so if you want to leave like a, do you guys want to say like, you know, how they can reach you on Facebook or something like that? You can reach me at Chris, C-H-R-I-S, Coker, C-O-K-E-R on Facebook. And on Instagram, it's at Coker, uh, Coker Nut, C-O-K-E-R-N-U-T 74. All right. You can reach me at uh, on Facebook at Chad Blackman, B-L-A-C-K-M-O-N. And uh, you can reach me on Facebook at uh, Noah Edwards. Uh, along, you know, you'll probably find us mutual friends with Chad. But also on Instagram at Z Z Fantastic Wit W I T T. You know, if you really want to. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I'm I'm on Strava, and that's about it. Uh, which is my name, Joseph uh, Kocha, K O C A. So J O S E P H K O C A. Um, yeah, <laughs> right on it. It's most of you guys are on Strava, right? Oh yeah, yeah sure, all of us. Yeah. If anybody wants to see the route, that was uh, October fourth, right? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Yep. Awesome, guys. Hey, thank you guys for your time. It was really enjoyable hearing your story and, and getting to know each of you a little bit better. So appreciate it, guys. Yes, bro. Appreciate it, man. All right. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you so much, Aaron. Oh, what a great group of guys. Um, I want to thank Chad, uh, Joseph, Noah, and Chris for, for coming on today and, and, and talking about their adventure. Um, they, uh, they really did. They, you know, they went out there and, and, and did something that, that put them out of the side of their comfort zone, which I, I think most of us would be outside of our, our comfort zone when we get into that type of heat and uh, the amount of uh, you know, elevation gain and descent that those guys went through. Um, you know, Joseph's problems with his headlamp. Uh, it sounds like all of them you know, at one point had uh, you know, some definite stomach problems and, and lows, but uh, they carried each other through, which is really cool. Um, so congrats to those guys for finishing their, uh, rim to rim to rim, uh, adventure. So cool. And thank you again for coming on guys. Um, once again, you know, uh, follow me on the socials, uh, leave a review here on the podcast, um, subscribe to your favorite listening platform. And, um, you know, if I can help you in any way, just reach out with other questions, something you want to hear, uh, by all means, let me know. Um, again, next week we'll be, uh, hearing from Allison and, and Ben Mercer about their, uh, unsupported FKT attempt on the Georgia section of the Appalachian Trail. So until next week, my friends, keep running, enjoy life, and I'll talk to you then.